You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wyatt, Terry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm really excited to have Barbara Rubin on the show with me. She has an amazing new book. It's called More Than You Can See, and what a powerful, powerful story this is. Um, You're going to love it. I just know it. Uh, Barbara, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Uh, Barbara, before we get started talking about the new book, uh, we begin each show with the same question. And that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Well, I come from a family of storytellers, so that's maybe part of my DNA. Um, But being a writer uh, was something that never crossed my mind. Um, it wasn't until, um, years after my daughter's accident, which is my story is based on my daughter's accident and her traumatic brain injury. Um, when I was describing some of the things that occurred in our family's journey, uh, in her recovery, I was explaining this to a friend and he's like, that's an amazing story. You have to write that. Um, and I'm like, nah, I'm not a writer, you know, <laughs> that. Um, so he says, well, it's too good of a story to not share with the world. So write down an outline or a summary or something like that. Give it to me and I'll find somebody to write the story for you. So that was, you know, I was still thinking, no, 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 but it, you know, he planted a seed in my brain. And so, you know, that was when the wheel started turning. I started writing things down. And that's when I felt, you know what, I have to tell the story. It's mine to tell. Yeah, that that had to be a uh, a powerful experience. And, and we'll get into talking about the circumstances that that. Uh, kind of brought the book about, but I, I can only imagine that, you know, the, and and I applaud your friend for wanting to kind of break down the barriers, uh, so to speak, that were keeping you from telling your story, you know, by, by offering an end for you, you know, that the, if you just kind of write down the details and then we'll get someone that that was a great way to, to kind of introduce the bug, if you will, to you. Um, did, when when you first started kind of gathering your thoughts, when did you know, OK, this is a story that that I'm going to have to tell that someone else can't connect as emotionally, uh, you know, on a deep level the way that I can? When, when did that realization start coming about? Pretty quickly, um, you, know, you know, like when you try to sleep sometimes and thoughts start stirring around in your brain and. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, I would have to include that in the story. And this has to be included, this story. And so when I would write it down, 
it was like, okay, for somebody to really understand that, I just can't say, tell about the accident. You know, well, what was the accident? How did it happen? And so as I started really summarizing some of those points, I realized that I was the one who had those raw emotions that, you know, for me to tell somebody else and then them try to put it into words was going to be too hard. So it was, you know, pretty quickly, I, you know, I'm the one who can really feel it and, you know, get it on, you know, paper. So the incident that we're talking about, um, you were a um, uh, a mom of a couple of kids. And, you know, from from the way you tell it in the book, um, your life was not perfect. No one's life is perfect, but it it uh, it had the feeling of being a a pretty idyllic life that uh, the things were normal. You know, you had normal kids. You you have a, a family structure. There's, uh, you know, just just regular life. And then something happened. Uh, bring us into um, the event that turned everything. Right. Um, life really was rather perfect until we got one of those phone calls that no parent wants to get. Right. That our 17-year-old daughter, Jen, was in a car accident and that we needed to come to the hospital right away. And um, it was a horrific car accident. And when we got to the hospital, she was already in a coma and uh, death was lingering over her. And so that changed everything. Our lives were forever changed from that moment on. And well, first off, um, so Jen, when she has this accident, first off, um, the emotion that you're going through, um, you know, from not knowing if she will survive to then I, I'm, I'm, I'm and, and correct me where I'm wrong here. I'm just I'm making a lot of assumptions. I, I'm a, I'm assuming you go from, you know, wondering, will Jen survive this to then can my family survive this to, uh, you know, the 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 normal that you've known dissolves at some point and and you know we we've heard a lot about new normals over the, the last couple of years um but at some point a a new way of living presents itself and and then looking back you know kind of looking at the way your life was and then seeing what it is now it has to be a bizarre reflection uh time i can imagine well it's interesting that um, you say that because at the time of the accident, I mean, we were fearful that she was, you know, going to die. Right. And that was the only thing that we were thinking about. Uh, we were not thinking about our family structure. We weren't thinking about anything else going on in the world that consumed us totally. Um, but once you know, we knew that Jennifer was going to live and the doctors told us, you know, it was time to think about rehab. Um, 
I have to speak for myself. I can't speak for my husband or my daughter, but I expected my life to go back to normal. I expected to get my daughter back. And I was resistant to hearing much of anything otherwise. Do you feel like that 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 hope, if you will, that kind of keeping your focus on this is a temporary situation, life will get back to the normal that we knew. Do do you think that kept driving you forward? Absolutely. Um, You know, when a doctor tells you, you know, okay, you know, this is going to be your daughter, uh, but with holes in her personality and behaviors, what does that even mean? Right. Uh, And I was not going to accept that. I was determined to get my original daughter back. I was determined to keep my family intact. And I was very fortunate to have a supportive husband who, um, you know, continued to provide for our family and gave me, you know, the opportunity to go and do what I had to do in order to make sure Jen's life was okay and did return to normal. So, so Jen was in a coma uh, initially. And uh, what were you thinking during that time? Uh, I, I think it was two weeks. Is that right? Yeah, close to two weeks. That, that has to be, uh, you know, as speaking as a parent, I can only imagine, um, you know, you, you've been through this initial tragedy and then the coma and, and just not knowing what's on the other side of that. How do you how do you begin to process that? Um, you know, those days are almost like a fog because you're just barely functioning as a human because your whole focus is on this child that's fighting for her life. And, you know, I talk in the book about some, you know, decisions that had to be made, medical decisions, surgeries. Of course, we were approached by, you know, um, medical staff wanting to know if we wanted to donate her organs, if she did pass. You know, all these horrible things coming Mm. at you. And, you know, trying, you're you're fighting for your own sanity, actually. it's and as a you know a parent um, that has gone through this, I would say don't try to imagine what it would be like unless you have to, because it's awful. I, I can only imagine what uh, and 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 <laughs> you just said don't try to imagine that you know, but I can you, you can't help um, being in that position where you feel like you're not only holding on to your own hope. Uh, but you have other family that you have to project hope for, because as a parent, you you still feel responsible for your spouse, for your other child, for extended family. You know, you have to hold it all up and then to have someone come and say, I know we're holding out hope, but uh, just in case, you know, how you know, how do you feel about donating organs and I, 
how do you maintain your strength in the middle of those sorts of conversations? Uh, not easily, you know, that we didn't have family in the immediate area, but we had unbelievable friends that were there and supportive and the medical staff at the hospital, they were amazing. Um, but, you know, it's like eating and sleeping and showering. I mean, those were all just things not even considered. I mean, it was just, you know, um, maybe somebody would bring something in and you would take a couple bites. Maybe um, either my husband or I would go down to the cafeteria and grab something and quickly come back upstairs. Fortunately for our other daughter, who was 13 at the time, and neighbors and friends really stepped up and oversaw her care. Um, they, uh, she was never alone. There was always somebody that stayed at the house with her, uh, or they brought her to their house. They fed her. They brought her to the hospital. Uh, really, for that time that uh, Jennifer was in a coma. Mark and I basically dropped everything, including uh, taking care of our other daughter, but other people did. The um, so so she comes she comes out of the coma. Um, what was your initial reaction when when she regained consciousness and and you started feeling like um, maybe I will get my daughter back? Right. Then it was, okay, what do we need to do? And, um, you know, I tell about this in the book, how uh, PT came in, that's physical therapy came in and told us what we needed to do to keep her limber so that she wouldn't tighten up. And it was like, wow, we have something that we can actually do besides just sit here and look at her. Uh, so, you know, we did those kind of things with her, moving her. But as she came out of the coma, she became uh, very agitated almost. And like every part of her was moving and pulling on tubes and wires that were attached to her. And, uh, but there wasn't, she wasn't at a total level of consciousness. Uh, you could talk to her, she would look at you, but she couldn't respond to questions. Um, you know, if you said, you know, squeeze my hand, you know, that wasn't there. So it was a bizarre coming out of a coma. It's it's not the way Hollywood scripts it, where right. you know, you're out and then you're awake and, you know, here we go. Um, and. It was hard for us to grasp what level of consciousness she was at because she didn't respond to commands. And uh, that would continue if you read the book for a long time. Uh, and there's a reason for that. But we didn't know that at the time. So they kept telling us there's different levels of a coma, how deep it is. And so they kept telling us she's coming up to a higher and higher level. 
So again, they tell us it, you know, she appears like she's going to live, but it's still risky. Right. Up to that point. But um, it was, it was hard to understand because we had never seen anything like that. The um, the journey that you guys as a family went through um, throughout the book is is amazing. And and I don't want to g- give too much away to the listeners because this is a, a, a book that you have to read, a journey that you have to go on with you. But when when you got to the point, Barbara, where you realized that this was a story that needed to be told. Um, and how did you decide that this needed to be a memoir um, as opposed to it, it would have been very easy to fictionalize the story? You know, it, it could be inspired by true events, um, but to create a character that's sort of like you but not you and, and sort of like Jen, but, but not exactly Jen. And, you know, if, if you fictionalize it, it's almost like you can step, you can kind of sidestep the spotlight a little bit and you could tell the story without the intensity of a being in the moment. Again, I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But when you write a memoir, um, I would imagine that it stays kind of bone raw at points. Um, did, did you just always know that this had to be a memoir? This had to be about you and Jen and, and, you know, the, the rest of your family, or was there ever a desire to, um, to tell it a different way? No, never. Um, to me, a really good book or movie, if it's real, it can be better than fiction. And to me, this story is better than any uh, fiction could be. And these are real characters and they're powerful characters. And there's powerful messages in this that, you know, I didn't need to make it up. It was already there. Yeah. Were were there any things that you did to prepare you to to write this story? Uh, Because as. As someone who, as you said, never had the desire to do this. It was not something that you were, you know, casually reading books on craft about or, um, you know, in in hopes that one day you might do this. Um, so so what kind of things did you do to prepare you to tell the story? Well, I did it kind of backward for what most authors or writers would do. I just sat down and started writing. And uh, with a box of Kleenex at hand, trust me. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, I did the writing and then another friend encouraged. And then I just put it to the side. I didn't know how to bring it to, you know, out to the public, how to get it published. And another friend um, told me about the San Francisco Writers Conference and said, you really need to go there. You need to learn about the industry. Uh, You need to learn about the writing process and, you know, take the, you know, taking the lectures that they give, take it to heart. And then she put me in touch with uh, the National Memoir Writers Association. 
and I hooked up with uh, the editor there who helped me really develop the story. Uh, You know, because I didn't know what I was doing when I first started writing. Uh, But, you know, I quickly learned at the writers conference that there were agents and publishers that were interested in my story, um, which was supposedly surprising. I'm like, okay, people were shocked that that many (laughs) were interested in it. And they were. And then when the editor started going through it with me partway through, I asked her, you know, okay, you know, this is great. You're helping me get this to be well written and well done. But do I really have something here? And she says, oh, yeah, you do. You got to keep going. So um, that's, you know, getting that outside confirmation of what I was doing. Uh, help me. And I think I lost what your initial question was. <laughs> no, that was, that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, uh, Barbara, one thing that's interesting about memoir that, that, that makes it stand apart from uh, like biography, for instance, is that memoir tends to look at a story through a window, a, a window of time. Uh, where, you know, as opposed to biography that that might track your life or Jen's life from from birth and, you know, through the the whole gamut of, of one's life. And, in you know, the the initial um, assumption is that the window that you chose to 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 talk to look at the story through was the, the window of of Jen's accident. Um, it, it, was that kind of your thinking about you know, how I tell the story, how do I frame where I bring the reader in and and where do I take them up to kind of, how did you set those boundaries? Well, first of all, identifying what the true story was, the true story wasn't the accident and, you know, it wasn't the traumatic brain injury, although those are part of it. I had to have the reader experienced the accident with me. That's why I started there. Uh, But the true story is the creative caregiving that had to be used uh, with my daughter because she lacked any traditional method of communication. So again, I started rambling and I think I lost (laughs) but anyway, so that, that was the story. It wasn't you know, like, uh, you know, when I was a kid and when I was born or when Jen was born or when she was a kid, the story was about Jen and her fun, endearing, quirky personality that helped her capture the hearts of people when she didn't have language. And um the impact she has on their life. So that was the story. That was that was where I was aiming for. But I had to bring the uh, reader in, have them experience the accident, understand the huge hurdles uh, Jen had to get over as she started learning basic life skills. And then you get to the real meat of the story. Um, some amazing caregivers. And um, and what they do with Jen and what she does for them. 
It is amazing. Um, one thing that I was not exactly prepared for, Barbara, is the the humor uh, that you brought out in this story. And, you know, from from Jen's quirky personality, as you mentioned a second ago, to the unique ways, especially that families uh, that endure a tragedy together, um, how there's a little bit of dark humor um, that that comes to play. And it's, you know, probably a coping mechanism. And, you know, we, we could go into all sorts of reasons why we, you know, as humans kind of decide to make light of a very difficult situations. But um, that was something that you didn't necessarily shy away from in the story. And, and I think that uh, those moments of levity and those moments of humor really uh, accentuate, if not amplify, the the deeper emotional moments uh, by kind of letting, I, I like to say that, you know, you, you let the reader off the hook a little bit and and let them come down off of this emotional uh, intensity, uh, this emotional high, let them laugh a little bit. And then then those very intense emotional moments become more impactful. Um, what, was that something that you were intentional about in telling the story? I mean, obviously, it was things that you did go through and parts of Jen's personality. Um, but in telling the story, was that something that you were very intentional about bringing across? Absolutely. I would not have told the story or written the story had there not been humor in it. Um, to read a movie or read a book or go to a movie where, you know, it's just dark and you're sad and crying and emotional all the way through to me is is not enjoyable. It's it's not a story I would have told. Uh, but, you know. Because there was so many happy, fun, funny parts, um, you know, that's part of what made it a great story. So it was very intentional that um, I give that to the reader. You know, one of the people who read my book and gave a review said, you know, I laughed and cried through every chapter. And I thought that was <laughs> Perfect. You know, that's exactly the way our life was right. covered in this book. I mean, we laughed and cried all the way through it. When you're writing a book and, and go to publish, uh, the title can sometimes be a daunting thing to settle on. Um, and, and, and sometimes before you even start writing the book, the title just comes to you. You know, this is what this book is going to be about. And, and sometimes you kind of wrestle over it as you go through and, and settle on a title after the fact when you kind of look at it. The title of this book, More Than You Can See, um, to me, after reading the book, is um, is, is a, a truism on, on a number of levels. I, I can see where the reference, um, you know, on a number of levels. Uh, how, where did the title come to you in the writing process? And 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 what did it sum up for you? Well, I think that I like hearing that you think the title really fits the story um, because I think it's perfect. Yeah, it wasn't easy that I it wasn't an easy process getting there. Um, 
You know, when I went to the writers conference, I just had the title, Jen. I didn't know what else to, you know, I just, like I said, I just started writing. At the writers conference, I did a little uh, group session where they work on developing a title. And in that group session, uh, it was decided that the perfect title would be a different voice. And having read the book, you can understand where that title would have been okay also. But the publisher worked with me on the title and, you know, offered various options. And this one really stuck. And I think it ended up being absolutely perfect. It, it kind of gives the reader, you know, an idea. There's some mystery involved. Right. Uh, there's some unknown. And hopefully that will make them want to find out what that is. And, and yeah, and, and this is a story that you have to experience to to truly appreciate. And and this is a book that everyone needs uh, on their shelf, though. No matter what you've been through as as a family, um, we all go through uh, trying times. Even the people that that seem to have idyllic lives, you know, we we all have things that we go through as families. Um, some people's maybe on a on a different scale than others, but but there's something in this book that I promise you can latch onto more than you can see. A mother's memoir is available everywhere. October fourth, we're gonna have links to it in. The show notes of this episode, uh, Barbara. This is such an amazing book, um, and I, I want everyone to get their hands on it. Um, do you have a place online where if people are, are interested in going deeper in your story or connecting with you, where, where folks can find you online? Well, if they Google more than you can see, uh, a mother's memoir by Barbara Rubin. Uh, they will find me. I do have a website, barbarubinauthor.com. Um, and I would mention that if they go to my website, at the end of it, there's a form they can fill out and send to me. And I will send them question discussion questions for book clubs because I think it's a, a great book club uh, one hundred percent. This would be fantastic for to, to have group discussions uh, around one hundred percent. Barbara, this has been so much fun chatting. We're going to send everyone to pick up uh, their copy of the book. And uh, I, I can't recommend this enough, uh, but more than words or more, <laughs> more than you can see a mother's memoir. Uh, go grab it. Uh, Barbara, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.